Hello, and welcome to Eve Unleashed, hosted by Brittany and Madison. In this podcast, we talk about challenges and taboo subjects that women face every day. Each month, you will hear interviews and sit-down chatty conversations that you wish you could have with your girlfriends. Here, we hope you will gain new perspectives to help unleash that inner Eve in you. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us today. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today at Eva Unleashed. Today I'm so excited to introduce Whitney. She lives on a farm with her husband and two girls. She runs three businesses, but her passion is leaving people better than she found them, one opportunity at a time. Four years ago, she decided to go all in growing her businesses, and today we're gonna talk to her about finding the balance between motherhood and pursuing dreams, letting go of mom guilt, and finding peace in the path she was meant to live. Hey, Whitney. Hello. I'm so excited you're here with us today. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We're here at um, Glow Mobile Tan at their studio. It's so cute, you guys. Oh my gosh. It's adorable. (laughs) Well, I can't take credit for it. I know women that do amazing things, and so when it came time to decorate a space that I loved, I called in my good friend, Rochelle, and she worked her magic, and... It's, it's a place that I love coming to. Oh, and if you need a tan, it's the place to go. It's so good, guys. <laughs> so, okay, tell us about, like, what was your first business, I guess, that you started? So when I was just newly after my second child, I knew I wanted something for me, and I'd looked at re-entering the prior field that I had um, been in before having babies, and I was looking at going back into the real estate industry this time not as a mortgage lender, but into title work. And it was kind of just an epiphany one day that I was like, I don't want to work eight to five. That means I'll never get my kids on and off the bus. And I was scheduling a spray tan before uh, going on a cruise with my family for my dad's retirement ceremony. And the girl that owned the business was so busy that I just said, you know, when you're ready to hire me, let me know. Well, it turned out that an opportunity to kind of own my own little division of the business was available. I jumped all in and I never looked back. Um, And I I learned a lot of things along the way that led me uh, to my second business and knowing that I wanted more. So spray tanning, was that, so that just kind of came out of the blue for you then? That was not like Yeah, nope, I <laughs> never imagined I would stare at naked bodies for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was never on my dream board. In high school, it's what will you become when you, know, you graduate high school? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing, I actually always wanted to be a nail tech, but my dad told me, you know, when you've got a college degree, you can go back and do something like that. So now with a college degree, I run a skincare business and a spray tanning business. There you go. That's amazing. So, and you've had have been doing spray tanning for was it six years now? Six years. And so you have this one, you do Rodan and Fields. Yes. And what else do you do? You I am an achievement coach at a real estate office. Okay, so what is that? I saw yes. you post that. I'm like, <laughs> what is that? That sounds so cool. So it's a made up title that when <laughs> the broker and I were working through some business decisions about her expanding her business, her stepping more into the path she was wanting to take, and really a phone call asking for donations of spray tans led to an event with no coincidences of us being at a business conference together. Everyone else we were supposed to go with bailed, and so we ended up in a hotel room for the weekend together and just really explored the avenues of our businesses she could grow in. And by the time I got home that next week, we had talked about a few other things, and the next thing I knew, she said, are you ready to jump back into the industry? You know, that one I just mentioned that I said I wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. And I said, honestly, not only no, but... Hell no. (laughs) And she's like, no, 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 no. Hear me out. What if you came on as like 
an accountability manager. And I was like, that sounds like the most boring title I have ever heard, right? (laughs) Who wants an accountability manager? We all know we need it, but nobody wants it. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, what would that look like? And she's like, I just want somebody that helps my agents through the things in life that occur because so many times it's not a skill set problem, it's a mindset problem. Yes. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Mindset problem, I love that. Yep. Now we're talking and I was like, but we have got to redo that title because no one's going to want to talk to me. <laughs> so we came up with Achievement Coach. And so coaching kind of means you've been in the game, but you're standing on the sidelines with an outside perspective of what's going on in the game and helping people make their best plays possible while achieving their own goals, which for everybody is not the same thing. Yeah, I love that. So it's just literally your job is just helping people realize their goals and how to get past themselves, their own roadblocks. Yes, really. And with new agents, it might look something like, you know, a mom re-entering the workforce. It might look like giving her some affirmations to support her new endeavor, her her new journey, or someone that's a well-seasoned agent. It might be finding a little bit of balance and reprioritizing the priorities to be home for pickup on days that she wants to be and home for dinners on other days and then coordinating the babysitter on the days when she knows she's not going to be home and helping with those systems so it really looks different depending on who I'm working with but it's customized to I each feel one like of that's them. so smart because people um to be able to look at your own life and say like oh I've got it but really have someone else take a look at you and like no like you can you know, you can do more or really mm-hmm. you need to do less. Yes. That's, you know, that's such a big help. I feel like everybody could use help I like need that. an accountability I coach. <laughs> <laughs> and it really, it's, it's voluntary. They don't have to meet with me, yeah. but it's yeah. an opportunity they have. And each Monday I share um, something to do with mindset or maybe some accountability to do with goals that the office might have. But other than that, it really is up to them to schedule their appointments with me as needed as they see an opportunity for me to help them. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Now through your, now with you doing this stuff though, we, we grew up in a culture where you're, you need to be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. That is like the pinnacle of womanhood is being a stay at home mom. That is mm-hmm. your calling. Yeah. The only calling. That is like, <laughs> that is the most important thing. That's the reason you like, I, I was kind of told you go to college, you get married and you have kids. So yep. then I went to college got married, had kids, and I was like, oh, now what? (laughs) You know, so how did you break through that barrier? So the craziest thing, when I got married, I mean, my husband and I got pregnant two months later. So uh, (laughs) the adjustment to marriage really came into motherhood very quickly. And he really provided for all of our needs those first few years. And then we always had a desire to bring him home a little bit more. And him home a little bit more meant me kind of stepping up Mm -hmm. and providing kind of that difference or that lack to live the lifestyle that we did want to live. We could have lived under much less, but we didn't want to live that style. And we really wanted to give a lot, to be honest. And the easiest way to give, as Dave Ramsey says, is to use your income. Use your income. Yeah. (laughs) And so that just kind of was a no-brainer as to how we were going to be able to give more is for me to step up. And, you know, a lot of nights consisted of kid swapping. He would walk through the door, I'd walk out the door. But for us, we always knew that they were never outside of family's care. And so that made it easier. That's not everybody's opportunity or situation. But for us, you know, I started my very first thing after becoming a mom. I was actually a nanny um, for several years for a family of a previous client that I helped at the buckle. And so I would pack up my little girl every morning at 6 a.m. and go and take care of another lady's kids until... um, re-entering the workforce became a, a, a bigger option. Well, did you, um, I'm sure you had people kind of telling you that you shouldn't be doing that, that you should just be at home. Like, what were your responses, or did you have to kind of 
gained confidence in that decision. I absolutely gained confidence. I mean, I won't even lie. Sometimes even your own family is sometimes your harshest critics. Mm -hmm. They see the inner workings. They see how much you are or are not there and even can make up their judgments for what they think you should be doing. But really just owning what you know you are meant to do and stepping into that purpose, it makes it so much easier to be like, well, yep, I am traveling again this week. Would you be willing to help with the kids on Tuesday? And then they have been so great to help pick up the slack where I am not. But, I mean, even your own family, they do look at you and wonder why you are doing what you're doing still to this day. I feel like it's a, a kind of a generation gap. You know, I feel like our generation, um, like you said, we're kind of, well, nowadays, most parents have to work outside mm-hmm. the home. Both of them do. And so I feel like that generation gap, they kind of look at it as like, well, why can't you guys just do it like we did? And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's, I think it's awesome that, you know, you've been able to do that and then have families still support that and not, yes. you know, completely, Yeah. I guess like, oh, what's the word? I don't know, criticize it completely to the point where you're like, well, we'll just suffer and just we'll live in squalor. It's fine. Yeah. And well, because that mom guilt's a real thing. Because oh, there's, yeah. there's kind of that stigma of if you're working you're, or doing, or if, if, you're, if you're gone and it's not something you have to be doing, like mm-hmm. you don't have to work and you're mm-hmm. choosing to, uh-huh. then why are you putting that in mm-hmm. front of your kids? Like aren't right. your kids more important? Yes. And getting past that mindset has been a real big roadblock for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I oh. think that that's one of the craziest things is that one, when I knew I was leaving my home to go out and do things, the one thing that I learned early on is to always make it worth it. And so when I do leave my children, I make sure that it is to go and do things that are making a difference in our family's life. That doesn't always look like an income, but if I can go and I can serve and that's what they know that I'm doing or that I can go and I can make sure that I come home with a full cup to be able to continue to pour into them, I know that when I'm leaving them, it's worth it. And so I knew early on, one of the first things I did when I began managing more, I got a maid. If you want to shock your family, <laughs> don't even just go to work, get a maid and let them all know. Then they're like, hmm, well. <laughs> so go to work, get a maid, and then hire the lawn care company. And then not shortly after, my mom has hired a maid and we use my same great cousin's lawn care company. But, you know, I just knew that I couldn't do it all. But what were the things that I was willing to give up? I didn't have to be the one that cleaned the toilets. Like, I can give some other woman the opportunity that has a great schedule, and she will clean my toilets. And I love Daisy. Shout out. <laughs> she makes my world go round because that's the things that when I when she comes, I will not clean. You can spill something. I'm going to wipe it up. I'm going to make it do what I'm not going to do the things yes. in which I'm paying to have done. I'm going to enjoy those moments with my family. Which it's funny that you mentioned you're giving an opportunity to another woman because once upon a time, I cleaned houses for a short moment before I got pregnant with my fourth baby. And it's... <laughs> It's so sad that I'm like, yes, I get to leave and go clean somebody's house. Like, it was such a good opportunity for Mm -hmm. me to do that. Even your personality, like, you love cleaning. So that was, like, enjoyable. It was enjoyable. And, you know, I'm like, maybe I'll do it again one day. But Mm -hmm. at this time in my life, it's not a possibility. But just to have something that was mine was a big deal. So, yeah. (laughs) I love that. And so, really, if you want to shock them, get a maid next. (laughs) Well, that that leads me, like, I kind of want to know how... How do you, what does kind of a day look like for you where you're managing these businesses, but you're also wanting that time with your kids and things? So 
do you guys have like a strict schedule or is it more just kind of like go with the flow? How do you manage it all? So I will say a few years in now, I feel like I've got a much better flow. Um, Early on in my career, I would pick up my cell phone and start the day right away with whatever was coming at me. And now I'm pretty intentional that I I don't pick up the phone until my kids are out the door. I put them on the bus at 810 and my first appointment can start by 830 with me being ready for the day. I am kind of a freak of nature. I love laundry. So each morning I do a batch or two of laundry. Oh, see, like, I want to I I wanna hire someone yes. to do my laundry. I yeah. will actually clean, but I told Michael, if when I start working, I might need to hire someone to do laundry. Mm. I hate it. The company <laughs> folded. They just started. They're great. But <laughs> I do laundry. So every day I have my laundry done. And one thing, like, my family will never go without dirty with dirty clothes because I'm not there. That's something that I can do efficiently and do well in the early hours of the morning, late hours at night. The laundry's always done. That's how I start my day. It feels like I've accomplished something at home no matter what. And then my girls and I always enjoy breakfast. Um, I read a book recently called The Joy of Missing Out. And she even mentioned, like, what dinner time does not have to be the only time. Your breakfast can be just as meaningful. Maybe it's lunch that's just as meaningful. And so taking that mom guilt away of, I am not home for dinner a lot of nights a week. And some nights I'll have a break, and so my family will come into town, and they'll meet me for dinner. But breakfast are mine and my girls' time. We sit at the table, we talk, we visit. So that that gets rid of my mom guilt for the evenings when I'm not there because we've we've had those moments. And, and I just not one mold fits all. It's like yes. I think we kind of raised. There are all these ideals that were put on us of you know everyone needs to sit for dinner. Everyone needs this. There are certain like kind of checklist things, mm-hmm. and but those check boxes aren't always possible for everybody. Well, and I tell moms one of the advice that I give the new agents that I'm working with is check in with your family and actually what matters to them. Something that's super important to my girls right now is me putting them on the bus and me getting them off the bus. And some days me getting them off the bus might literally look like me waiting in the bus stop till they arrive, and then me driving them to my grandma's dropping them off and heading into town. But for some reason, those few minutes are really important to them right now. And so I check in with my family as to what matters for them. And I don't, I don't do the checklist of the traditional things because I found that for my family, at least that's not what's important to them. So that, I love that you talked about having that relationship with your girls and making sure you have time for them. How has working, um, changed your relationship with your husband and how do you guys manage that stuff because like you said you're at home in the evenings and stuff so what things have been important for you guys in maintaining your relationship with your husband you know what time there's always ebbs and flows and it's funny that you said well balancing three while balancing the businesses i really don't believe in balance if we're going to be completely honest i mean a single grain of rice will tip a scale and so balance is a really hard thing if you're trying to achieve that There's times where I let my husband know, here's what I'm going for in my business right now. This is why I'm going to be gone more. Hey, here's a financial thing that I'm trying to hit. So I'm going to be taking business when it comes. And really letting him know the game plan and what I'm working towards and letting him know that it's a season. It's when he doesn't know that this is not our new normal that he does begin to panic because he thinks that this is what's going to happen forever. But if I can let him know what's coming or what's important or things that I might be working towards, he's more understanding, more supportive, because he's on board with the goals that we're working towards. Farm life ebb and flows, too. Yes. We have busy seasons when it's moving water, cutting hay late at night, and, and he always asks, you know, what do you have going on tonight? And I know that question ultimately leads to, 
he actually has something tonight that he needs to get done. And I still might not be able to be there, but what I can do for him is to help coordinate the kids. So I can make sure that, that grandma is lined up for this evening or that my mom is ready to go or whatever that looks like the most so that when he has things he needs to get done, even though I'm gone, it's going to ensure that the house still runs smoothly. That's excellent. That's really good advice because I feel like, so <laughs> with this podcast, it's become kind of a, I don't know, kind of a quick like throw this at my husband mm -hmm. theme because I mean, we just started this out of nowhere and where I've pretty much just been only stay at home mom for the last, oh gosh, eight years, like really eight mm -hmm. years. And so now he's like, wait, what, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? Where, where are you going? And, um, you know, so when you say that you, you know, your communication, things like that, it's, it kind of like, I don't know, opens up doors for me, like, so I can see how mm -hmm. I might be able to like better my relationship like yeah. with my husband that way. Cause I know that he might be stressed out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just, it is. Just like tonight. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I've got the mom brain so bad tonight. I forgot that we were coming here. I thought we were doing a zoom call. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh babe, I gotta go. And here's kids. Bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's a really hard balance. And it I, it's really interesting to me because Never has anybody ever said a dad is working too much. That overtime is shameful. He never feels guilty for out-of-town no. business trips. <laughs> and so where did we go wrong that, that why do we feel guilty as women when we do have business trips or weekends away or nights out that, you know, how many dentists and doctors are wined and dined when vendors come into town? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Oh, yeah. So why is it that for women we feel that guilt? I, I will never understand why that isn't. Uh, supported and championed just as much as we do for the men. It's admirable when they work overtime for their family. It's admirable when they're out of town on a business trip. But for some reason, that comes back at women, but That's it's my not. favorite thing. You walk into a grocery store and you see dads with their kids and they're like, such a good dad, even though the, the kids are grabbing candy and one's screaming and one's spitting on the floor, all <laughs> the things. They're like, what a good dad. Look at him go. Yet mom, when that's a mom, they're like, oh, honey, you need to control those kids. Like, come on. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, like the, yeah. the differences there. But like you said, why is it so frowned upon with moms? My favorite thing that I hear all the time is, who's babysitting your kids? Yeah, my dad, dad, my husband. They're, dad it's actually, he's just being a parent yeah, tonight. Like, yes. uh, no, that's the father. <laughs> and he is very capable. No one, yes. the dad does not babysit. Yes. yes those are his and they, they don't want, I don't think men want to be felt as babysitters too. I mean, when I look back to even early infanthood before I worked, my husband always did the last feeding of the evening and he bathed them and he put them to bed because I am not a touchy feely person. Mm -hmm. I am as ADD as they come and I am tapped out come 7 p.m. And so early on, he's done their bedtime the whole time. That's awesome. Even before That's I worked. Awesome. And yeah. so me transitioning to be gone at nights, it didn't even throw off their schedule because nights, I mean, when I was home, he used to joke that he'd put me to bed and then he'd put the kids to bed <laughs> because I like to go to bed early when my that. life is a slower season. And so night times for him, I've always allowed him to step up. And, you know, before we started recording night, we were talking about the relationship that my husband has with my girls is such a beautiful thing to watch. They are the apple of his eye and they know that dad is just as capable of everything is mom and he jokes that when they need medicine in the middle of the night they know to go to him and I'm okay with that <laughs> and I find amazing. that as women we have a hard time letting up that control of being all of the nurturing roles mm. but men 
want to be well, that. They want that connection. Because our identity is so tied to that. Like, you have to be the all-in mom in order to be a good mom. You can't, yes. you know. And that's where I was like, I struggled letting go of even a little bit. Because I'm like, but this is who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is, this is how, this is the embodiment of what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, but when I start letting go of those things, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm meant for something more not mm-hmm. something else. I I can do this too. Yes. But I can do. I don't have to do all of it. I can also do this thing that is fulfilling. Yes. yes. And you know, one of my biggest passions in life is turning dreams into realities. And one of the saddest things for me is when meeting with a woman that has forgotten her dreams. She can't even name one. And I love helping women dream again. Because as a little girl, I mean, I have a daughter right now. She's eight years old. She is convinced she is not going to college. And she is convinced she is going to be a rancher. And <laughs> I love her. That's she awesome. <laughs> has, for this school year, and I didn't think she would keep the trend up, she has worn a button-down shirt, a belt buckle, and boots or twisted X shoes every single day to school and I thought that this would go away when summer (laughs) was over yeah I mean we live in a a school system that farming is a minority in the area but we're in a country area but she is stuck with it and if that little girl will keep that confidence she will go on to make such a difference and she might become a rancher we're trying to tell her that there is some courses out there that could help know how many cubic feet of hay are going to fit into a barn that could help her along her way but she dreams that she can be a rancher. She thinks she can train horses, and she doesn't ride horses yet. <laughs> but I want to I meet women that have those same dreams and beliefs, that they're going to go out and buck the system, and they're going to do it. And why do we quit our dreams? I don't understand. I know. It's, oh, it's, heart, it's heartbreaking. <clears throat> it, it is. And I think it's, again, it's because we've kind of been, especially in our, I don't want to say religion, I want to say the culture. Culture. It's, it's very culture. Culture. Very much you culture. You are supposed to be mom, and that's it. That's all you're good for. And you're supposed to be fulfilled okay. in that. Yes. Like that's supposed to completely fulfill you. And if you, and if that does not fulfill you, then something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I've had the mom guilt because I'm. I feel that I'm like I'm not 100% content being just a mom. Yes, I'm raising four boys, and I'm. Hope, you know, hopefully raising amazing, good quality men, but that's not all I'm here for. I don't want to just do that. And I, I don't know, for, for a lot of people, that's really hard for them to look at and be like, those boys should be your only pride and joy in life. And mm-hmm. well, I, when I look back in our young women's thing. I mean, knowledge mm-hmm. is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is one of the values in which we're taught in our youth. Yes. And knowledge is the one thing that we know that goes with us. Yep. But it's the thing that I find as women in our culture, the thing that we work on the least. Mm-hmm. And when I began my journey with Rodan and Fields, the thing that I love most about direct sales is that you dive all into personal development. Oh, yes. <laughs> you want to become your best version of you. And I, I can't help but think that that's where that young one's value comes in is knowledge. You take it with you. You have an impact with it. You become better. You do better. You are a better person in your home, in your communities, in your wards and areas that don't stop learning. Still, maybe you don't go to an official education, but the internet, Google in a search bar like Rachel Hollis says, can teach you anything. Yeah. And if you have passions and hobbies, go and learn about them. Yeah. 
I just love when women, when you see women begin to develop their passions, their mm-hmm. purpose, that's all within your dreams. And when we look at uniquely, we were each given a, given a part of the dream, a part of his plan. And even President Russell M. Nelson, I remember about a year ago, challenged you to kneel in your closet and figure out what your part in his plan is. And womanhood is assigned to everyone. Mothering is not a gift that is given to everybody. Right. But your part in his plan, each one of us have. And and that's when you find your unique, your unique roles and your, your passions and your careers that you might end up chasing because you see how you're going to fulfill your part in his plan through these opportunities. I love that. And that's exactly it. And I, and I love, I, I remember what I was going to say, I love when you're talking about we don't need a, like, you, you said you joined with Rodian and Fields. You got that, like, self-improvement and stuff. I had joined some other um, MLM companies, and I just found out I'm not great at the sales part of it. But when I quit, I still, like, craved that part of it. Yes, I the community, the that. knowledge, the betterment. Like, yes. I even was like, Michael, I want to join Rodian and Fields just so I can hang <laughs> out with Whitney. I'm not going to sell anything. You don't I have just want to go to, like, the, the meeting. Themes, and then yeah. the, the, he was like, well, then why don't you just start looking into that stuff and start creating that, Madison? Like, you don't need yes. to, you know. And I was like, but that idea had not even crossed my mind of yes. I can create a community of women or get a, be around people that can do that for me too. Yes. That makes yes. sense. I feel like people, um, when they look at the MLMs type, mm-hmm. they just think, oh, you're just selling me something. And it's really more than that because, so like mine that I'm with is Secret, and just the community alone, that's, I love the products and stuff, but I create, like you said, I the crave community. the people, the community, the all the things. And you learn so much from those people. I mean, I have like, um, the the guy who I'm under, he has literally been my mentor for the last seven months, just calling me every Tuesday. And we have been talking like about personal development and like how to make myself, you know, better and, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And I, you can't get that in any business. You go no. work at a regular job, you can't get that anywhere. Yes. So, and you want to leave people. Yes. You know, the people that come into your care through these businesses, some and several never do sell anything, but if they can come and they can stay and they can feel welcome, mm-hmm. the value that they bring to the community is so powerful. And I think that that's why, as women, we see the opportunity because, truthfully, direct sales businesses are an endless opportunity. And oh, after yes. now buying out this brick and mortar business, I realize even more what an opportunity is. I mean, I can't tell you what I've paid in lawyer fees this year, in all of my accounting fees all of my website fees, all of these things that with a direct sales business, they give you every tool that you need to succeed and to take that stress off of your plate. Oh, they, they really do. So it's, then you get to work on yourself. You get to build the community because you're not caught up in the bookkeeping and the website maintenance and all of the really, really, I mean, some people love them, but the not fun parts of a business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's true. And that's what and I feel like uh, I was, I saw a post of, on Facebook or something about how we as women have lost we have lost community because it used to be people would go and they'd wash all their clothes together at like the community area uh-huh. and you do everything together. So I feel like that's we're trying to fill these voids of community that we have lost. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why we want to work and be around each other is because otherwise we are home. 
alone all day and we were I don't I don't think God ever meant us to be that way oh, no, I don't no, either no, no. and when you look I mean even in the generation that we're in our friends I have girlfriends that I call on the phone every single day and I forget what an oddity that is mm-hmm. because most women don't pick up the phone and I tell you what our moms did it right I mean, everybody listening to this podcast probably remembers their mom with a 20-foot curly (laughs) phone cord until they went wireless, until the phone died. But your mom would go into the bedroom door and talk to girlfriends and make you stay out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, have you ever, you say you hate laundry, Madison, get on the phone with a friend (laughs) and you will be amazed at how fast the laundry is done and you will get done and the whole house is clean and you're like, oh my gosh, not only did we solve the world's problems on that phone call, my whole house is clean and I didn't even feel it. Why didn't we become laundry partners? I hate laundry too. Okay, that's what we gotta do. You just call each other and you're gonna be done. I'm gonna call you at 11 o'clock tonight because I've got four loads downstairs (laughs) that I haven't done. Dude, I tell you, my trick though, my trick to laundry if I fold it before it comes out of the dryer. Oh, no, no, everybody keeps <laughs> yes, telling me to do that. It does because then work. if it doesn't make it to the room, at least people can see their piles. Yeah. And when you have a moment, you can quickly take I it. I've been told that a hundred times, but it's just not going to happen. My Enneagram it's, just like, <laughs> seven, it. And it just doesn't, oh, but then I just, it doesn't work. I mean, I, I, I'll do it for like a couple days and then I'm like, Nah. <laughs> like I won't open the dryer until I know I have time to fold it. Because yeah. to me, it's the That's, same sitting in the laundry basket as it is in the dryer i'm the same i restart restart oh they're wrinkled put it on <laughs> yeah <De-wrinkle. laughs> no see i'm the one that i pull it all out i just have it on a, i put it in a pile on my bed because in my head i won't go to bed until, until it's done until it. now it's on the bottom of the footboard uh, holding yeah. on for your life yeah, yeah. but that's, i just yeah I, that's, I struggle with it i just i just hate it so much i see to have someone else hold it for me there <laughs> you go. i'm just gonna call you from now on you will you'll okay. have it done in no time i tell you that's and so amazing. i look at the community that our moms used to have you know mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with that thing that has happened this year, a lot of women have reclused and they've shut themselves in. And I get so sad for these women that have pulled away from every ounce of community. And when I have free days, there's something that I was taught at the Ninja Selling Real Estate course that we went to last January and we're going back this November. But they say to play Russian roulette with your phone. And you scroll through your phone each day and find a few people to call. And just check on them and ask women how they're doing, that you've thought of them. What's going on in their world? How's the family? How's so the occupation? here's my question for you then. I actually have a hard time doing that kind of thing. I always feel like I'm inconveniencing the person that I'm You're calling. bugging someone. I'm bugging them. Like, do you ever feel that way? Or is that just, like, not on your radar, I guess? I, I, I struggle with that. I really feel like it's Satan. I do yeah. too. Because when you yeah. put two women together, like literally, I'm pretty sure you put enough women in a room together, we can solve all of the world's oh, problems so within a few hours. <laughs> but he does. He makes you feel weird. He makes you feel awkward. If you take the loaf of bread, but it didn't have a bow and it wasn't warm or fresh from your oven, you feel lesser than. But I just cannot help but think that that's him meddling in the work that women naturally want to do. See, okay, so I hope this is okay for my sisters and my sister-in-law to talk about, but... We, we've all had babies this year. Okay, so oh, there's, wow. yeah, there's four of us. So there's been four babies born in less than a year. It's oh been crazy. Gosh. And so we are all dealing with that postpartum weirdness and the depression and all the things. And then Rona, you know, it's like, yeah. we, we don't say the C word. <laughs> we won't even name it. There's no, no need to. <laughs> and so I feel like everyone, and I mean, we haven't like stayed away from each other or anything because we're just, we're family. So we're like, whatever. Um, but the more we have talked to each other, 
and we've kind of realized, oh my gosh, we're all feeling the same. We're all feeling depressed. We're all having suicidal thoughts. We're all feeling like, you know, we're, we want to cry. We all feel like our world is falling apart. And literally they're all looking at me like, oh, look at you. You have four kids and you, you look amazing and nothing ever bothers you. You're, you're, uni- you are a unicorn. And I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> the <laughs> ship is on fire. Do you people not see this? The captain is drunk. I am the captain. And, <laughs> and then my sister-in-law, same thing. She's like, we've all kind of like recluse because we don't want people to look at us like, oh, you're weak. Mm-hmm. You can't take care of yourself. You can't take care of your kid. Oh, you need help today. Or, oh, you just need to leave your house today. Mm something must be wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hold your baby right now? Oh, you're a bad mom. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking to me because I sat there with my sisters and just, we just cried because I was like, we're all feeling this way yet we're all staring at each other like they've got it together. Mm -hmm. And it is the biggest lie I have ever seen like this year, so to say. And it's sad. It is, it is sad because like you said- we could solve the world's problems. When you look at the cycles, I mean, Satan has a game plan for how he gets women to that. He's going to make you doubt your smarts, mm-hmm. your abilities, your body, and your existence. Yes. And he will break all of those things down until you can no longer think, see, say, feel, and then even to the point of the creation. And when he can get you to doubt all of those things, he can begin then to take you through the cycle and the steps in which he does the same with every single person. And I think if you ever doubt the power of a phone call, I mean, how many times could a phone call change everything? Because you feel so alone, you feel so secluded, you feel like you are the only one, but when you look at the statistics of what people are going through right now, it is no one is a unicorn. We are mm-hmm. all in this together. Yeah. And so if he can make you think that, well, she looks ready. No, she gets ready because that's the only way for her to face the day. Yes. No, she's at an all-time low or an all-time high weight because she's eating her feelings to be okay. But to, to not check in and ask the hard questions, that's where we're going wrong. Yes. And how many times do you say, oh, how are things? Oh, they're good. They're good. I, I, I challenge you to ask the second question. Well, then how are you? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I then that. sit and listen and let them say good and sit there a little longer. Yeah. And sit in that silence until they know that you are there and ready to listen and they will open up and women need to share. They need to get those stresses off of their shoulders because it literally feels like the weight of the world is on their shoulders right now. Before we came here, I texted Brittany and I <laughs> said, today is terrible. Like I just, today is the worst. And then she's like, well, what happened? And I, seriously, it was just like the whole length of my phone screen that I text. I'm like, let me list the things from today. Because, like, <laughs> my tire popped and all these random things happened today. I'm like, of course, on a busy day, all these things would happen. And it felt so good to tell you, though, that I was sitting at home just like, <laughs> and then I said it, and I'm like, and honestly, I'm just really excited to go talk to somebody else for a little yes. bit. Because, well, and your friends bring yeah. in perspective. Yeah. Because if you get so caught in today and in this moment, you forget that with tomorrow comes a new sunrise, yeah. yes. a new day, a new opportunity. But if you sit in that moment for so long, it consumes you that you're like, okay, you're right. It, tomorrow is, or even the, the next five minutes is a different moment. And we can change that around and we can help each other keep that perspective when it feels like everything is closing in. Yes. I love that. Yes. Oh. All right, Whitney. So here's my question for you. What would you like to see change for the next generation of women? 
So I would love to see women step into their choices. I know we've talked about me running multiple businesses a day, but if you're a stay-at-home mom, honor that. I want to see women make choices. If you are a stay-at-home mom, choose that. But don't just become it because that's the norm or that's the culture. Don't go out and get a business because somebody else chose that. Because if it's not ever your choice, you're not going to enjoy it. But if women would step into their power of making choices and then loving them, and the moment they find out they actually don't love that choice, to understand that it's okay to pivot. Go and get that 40-hour a week full-time corporate job, but the day that you decide you don't want to be there anymore, don't be afraid to make the choice to leave. Be a stay-at-home mom and choose that. And if at one point you find that motherhood isn't fulfilling you, choose to go to work. Just make your choices and then honor the choice in which you've made, but don't be afraid to change that choice either. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Whitney. That's exactly what we needed to hear today. Thank you for having (laughs) me. Thank you for having me. All right, listeners, please join us on Instagram to continue this conversation with us. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Eve Unleashed. Join us on Instagram at Eve Unleashed to continue the conversation. We would love to hear from you and hope you have an amazing day.